Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the X... Uh, what are we? The, the CIC uh, is the XO Kitsy. Joining me on the XO is the CIC. Okay. What? I know. I got an upgrade. I'm the CIC now. <laughs> I guess that means I don't have lines. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Um... Well, the only one that does have lines this episode is the president of the podcast, The Twelve Colonies, and our hearts, Andrea. Yeah, uh, lines this episode, but maybe not too many more, that's, huh? That's untrue. There, the Admiral has um, has lines. Oh, that's right. The Admiral is in this one. Yeah, and but I'm not. Like it, I'm not right, in this one. Right in, right in the very end, in one of those tender moments. So, yeah, you know what? Let's let's start there at, because at the end? we. Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes and no. Uh, let's start with Laura Roslin's tale, the the, the tale of of Laura Roslin. Mm-hmm. If if this were Chaucer, really? Uh, you don't, right? you, Is that how that works? You don't want to yeah, jump into it. the fucking batshit wild intro on the Demetrius? Oh, we'll get okay. there. Okay. <laughs> now, so Let the, the reason I the ship. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I should know my place. The reason the that's right. That I, yes. <laughs> know your place, room. <laughs> The reason that I want to start with the tale of Laura Roslin is because we have noted on multiple occasions recently how Roslin has become increasingly somewhat authoritarian and like very obstinate, very like kind of withdrawn into her like my decision is my decision and that's final. Even in the moments when she acknowledges that she may or may not be right in those, she's been very hardline recently and uh, borderline villainous, which is how I read the word villainous when it's written. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, Caleb. It is now. It's, in my head, that's how I read it. I know that that's not correct, but you know what? All words are made up. I love um, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's so good. Villainous. Uh, it's, she's been borderline villainous. Um, 
And it's been frustrating, especially knowing that like she is such a, a, a complicated and complex uh, character uh, in her her life experiences, her uh, her career, her like medical condition, her like everything that makes her Laura Rosalind and who makes her you know the the president that we know and love and sometimes mistrust. Um, mm-hmm. All of those things. Uh, she we get to see her being just human in this episode yeah. and some a human really, being. like a human yeah. being <laughs> in some really quiet, tender moments. Uh, so we see her in the, in the sick bay. She's just received her deloxin treatment and she, she's not doing too hot. She's, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's not wearing the rig, wig. She's completely bald and she's, she's doing that, the headscarf thing, which I think looks great on her, uh, as, as, as accessories go. I think that that's a, that's a good look for, for, was it Mary McDowell? I was, why do I always forget her actual name? Mary McDowell, right? We did McDonald. Yes, last. McDonald. McDonald. It's like McDonald. I always wanted to be McDonald. The D. Yeah. The second D. The first uh, D still there. Or like Chris O'Donnell, but it's it's Mary McDonald. The very different things. Those are, yeah, there's very different things. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we see her. Uh, she she's you know, she's in the the later stages of her, her cancer treatment. Seemingly, uh, she. As Andrea hinted, like it, it feels like she doesn't have much time left. Like she's really back into that, you know, the dying leader mode. And she hears uh, the the quiet uh, teachings. We'll call them teachings, uh, ramblings of Gaius Baltar over the uh, the wireless uh, from a uh, a bed near hers. So she gets up with her. Ivy in hand and, and walks over uh, to find a, another woman uh, who is also there for for cancer treatment. Um, who is? Uh, oh my God! Is that? I thought I recognized her. Uh, so it's Emily, who is played by none other than Nana Visitor, who was uh, Major Kira in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh. Yeah, I knew I recognized her, but I was like, have we seen her at some point in the show? Uh, but no. Not this one. Wonderful actor. Wonderful actor. Yeah. Um, not this show, but a show. We have seen her before. Uh, and so the the two of them get to talking, and we learn a little bit about Emily's life. Uh, you know, she lost her entire family uh, in, the, uh, in the attack on the colonies, and she's just kind of been, been just trying to get by on her own uh, only to you know end up with with cancer and be here in the sick bay uh, probably days at most away from from the end for her mm-hmm. um, but she seems very uh, relaxed and at peace at first until uh, until Laura's like you know you know it's probably not helping you you know the Gaius Baltar we should probably turn that off and as soon as she reaches for the the wireless, Emily has a, a, well, I mean, for lack of a better word, a freak out. Like, don't touch that. Leave me alone. Yeah. (laughs) It's also un, it's like, it doesn't match her character for the rest of the. Yeah. It's such an odd. Although. I I don't know. To be fair. To to be be fair. fair. Later, she does apologize for that outburst and is like, oh, it's the treatment, you know, whatever. It's, I'm not myself sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was big. I it mean, was like a 
big reaction. No, you're right. It was, but I'm just saying she does acknowledge that like, Hey, I may have overreacted there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, they get to talking and you know, they, they, they talk about the, you know, the, the, the treatments and, you know, what it's like being poked and prodded and stuck with needles and thermometers and catheters and all this stuff. Um, meanwhile, uh, in, uh, I, I honestly don't believe coincidental, uh, another, uh, very quick passing Star Trek reference. We hear mm-hmm. Baltar on the wireless talking about the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns, which the undiscovered country was Star Trek six. Oh. oh, fun. Yeah, and so the like, you know, Ronald D. Moore was uh, the showrunner for Deep Space Nine as well, which is part of why that show was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see, you know, as we, we talked about before, with the weapons locker being one seven zero one D. There's there's a bunch of little nods to like lots of different sci-fi properties, but I think uh, Star Trek is probably the most common, at least the one that I recognize the most because it's the one I know the most. Also, uh, uh, a fun nod to to Star Trek as well, uh, just kind of in general, the show is that it takes place in the same setting as Star Trek, actually, uh, which is primarily space. in space, um, <laughs> which is which is just a really cool nod to the, the Star Trek franchise mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Um, but, hey, speaking of Star Trek VI, uh, don't we have a new show on the Night Shift Radio Network that's oh. going to be talking about that and other Star Trek films? <laughs> that was... <laughs> Simultaneously, one of your most obnoxious jokes and one of your best segues ever. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that. Well, I think you answered yes. my question. Yes, we actually we do have a, a new show that's launching very soon uh, in the the early days of the month of September. Uh, I don't know what day. Uh, it is when people are listening to this because I, I barely know what day it is when we're recording it. Uh, but yeah, coinciding with the, uh, I have erroneously said in the past, the 50th anniversary of the motion picture. No, it is the 55th anniversary of the original series. Uh-huh. Um, no. Uh, our friend Casey from over on the Superpod Hero Cast. Hi Casey. Has teamed up- Hi Casey. Hi Casey. He's listening. He, he is listening, and he's he's gonna he's gonna hear me correct myself, and hopefully will not have heard me say it wrong the first time. <laughs> um, I had to I had to retract myself on uh, never heard of it as well. Uh, but uh, Casey is not teaming up with listeners. his with his brother Colin and their mother, uh, who was the one who introduced them to Star Trek. And uh, they're going through and they're watching and reviewing all of the Star Trek motion picture full-length films, uh, starting with Star Trek The Motion Picture and presumably ending with the most recent of the uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, which was Beyond, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which, fun so fact, a, was my least favorite of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. That's fair. I, that's I think that was probably... Fun fact. I watched them all again recently, and I, I feel like I enjoyed them. Well, I enjoyed the the Beyond more than I that I did the first time around, but I, I did enjoy all all of them. Uh, I mean, they're all good. They're all good. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but something Beyond was a little lacking for me. 
I think I took more away from it the this this most recent watch through. Um, but but yeah, so that's a that's a, a limited run series that uh, is starting in the beginning of September and going like uh, once a month until uh, that's done. So roughly a year. So when, you know, even when uh, this show, you know, single tear rolling down my my cheek, <laughs> even when this show eventually runs its course. Uh, you'll still have some quality sci-fi content coming from Night Shift Radio. I'm still so. I'm still holding out for a season five. I'm hoping we get renewed. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, we'll we'll keep the contract negotiations going. Uh, but in the meantime, you can head on over to nightshiftradio.com for all the uh, the newest about Night Shift Radio, and uh, you can check out nsrad.io/slash/wearnomom uh, to get your quick, easy links for listening to and, of course, subscribing to Where No Mom Has Gone Before, which is the title of the show I realize that I have just now not, not said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you make sure you do that so you don't miss out on it, uh, especially so you don't forget the title like I almost did. <laughs> and if you listen, to, if you're somebody who usually skips the ads, now would be a great time to listen because we've been running um, a lovely little... Uh, well, if, not if, not right now, but when the no, end. if, if right you're now, if you're someone this, who listens who skips the ads, first of all, how dare you? How dare you? All of the jump coordinates are hidden there. You're gonna get lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're never gonna find your way back to the fleet. You're never gonna find your way back to the podcast, and then you're gonna look stupid. Uh, <laughs> but also, you'll miss uh, Casey and Colin's mom asking, "Now, which one was the one with the whales?" And then Casey and Colin, of course, replying in unison, very annoyed. Four. Uh, it's very. Good. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. Every single yeah, time. It's really good. She, I I'm, it. I'm so excited for this. We've been talking longer about their podcast than our own at this point. It's fine. But I just that that ad makes me so happy. I'm so excited to. We've had three and three and a quarter seasons to talk about our podcast. Yeah. It's fine. We can we can take a little deviation here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, so excited to learn more about um, the the Ryan's mom, whose name I hope we never learn. <laughs> I really hope she's just mom the whole time. Mom, that's right. Casey Colin and mom. <laughs> they forget to to, <laughs> to tell us her name because they just call her mom. Exactly. Yeah, so again, make sure that you, you keep your eye out for uh, where no mom has gone before. I've I've had a chance to listen to uh, about half of the first episode as a sneak preview, and it's fantastic. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, that's that's excellent. That that was a, a nice little nod to uh, to Star Trek in <laughs> in this show. Um, but yeah, so uh, Laura and Emily are are chatting, and and Emily has this very, you could call it defeatist, but I think it's just ready. She's mm. she's been through enough. She's lost her family. She's been struggling for three years. She's sick now. She's she knows she's on the verge of dying. And she's like, you know, all of this the. The, the medications, the poking, the prodding, the catheters, like all of this stuff just to keep me alive for a few more days. It's so pointless. Uh, and Laura's like, you know, it, it's not pointless. Uh, and this is, of course, where you know, she tries to take uh, Baltar away, but uh, Emily's not having it. Uh, but when, when they come, she comes back, they, they talk some more, and they really do uh, start, to, start to bond and... Emily talks about the the dreams that she's having because they're, they're they're talking about how Baltar's referencing a single god, and um, you know Rosalind's like you know that's you know, it's a it's a crock of shit right you know we know that and she's like but is it I mean like is it any less real or than the the twelve gods you believe in and Rosalind's like well you know those are just a metaphor just a story. 
Which, coming from her, I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I love that um, that approach or whatever that that lens. But I was surprised that she was so not necessarily that that's how she thinks of it, but that she's vocal about that because she was following uh, Alosha's handwritten journals you know like (laughs) she seems to take it very seriously sometimes i guess it's another example of um president roslin just kind of doing what president what pretzel pretzel lynn (laughs) pretzel lynn the lesser known he-man villain (laughs) wow that was a deep cut (laughs) so is the gash on the back of my head now Yeah, I mean, Rosalind tends to treat faith as just another means to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was, when, when it worked in her favor to be the dying leader following the scrolls of Pythia, she went for it. When it was no longer particularly useful to her, she didn't just, you know, not like wow. drop it like a bag of trash on pickup day, but like pretty close. It's not She's all more that like she, un- she took a slow walk like. out to the recycling bin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, you know, I, I'm glad that you said that because that, that reveals something that is very similar about their characters that yeah. I don't think either one of them particularly want to admit. Right. That's <laughs> they are very much uh, opportunists uh, looking for ways to advance their own ends. And both of them uh, in their own ways think that they're right in doing so. Yep. Uh, but again, we have the, these quiet human moments where Emily offers Laura a, a nice handmade headscarf or handkerchief or something. It's very, you know, very pretty floral design. Looks like maybe it's uh, silk or a similar material. And they start talking about, you know, their hair. And Emily's like, you know, what color do you want it to be when it grows back? And Laura's like, I think a nice royal blue for a change. Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. It's so sweet. Um, <sighs> God, I love her when she's being kind. We just don't get it all that often. <laughs> yeah. And they, they start talking about uh, Emily's dream of um, being on, on the river. And, you know, she references, you know, again, we just, we keep hearing snippets of Baltar's sermon on the, the mountain do, I don't know. I, was, I, I had something and I lost it. No, you uh, nailed it. That was perfect. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, we keep hearing little snippets and he talks about, uh, you know, crossing the river and the maidens dancing and all this stuff. And she's like, you know, I, I, I had a moment where I, I, I thought I was gone and I dreamed I, I was on a, on a ferry crossing the river. And as we got closer to the, the bank, I, I saw people and, you know, I began to recognize them. It was my parents, my sister, Kathy, who died when I was 12, my husband, my girls, and she's like, you know, I was scared for a moment, but then I felt this presence hovering all around me, warm and loving. And it said, don't be scared, Emily. I'm with you. Hold my hand and we'll cross over together. And Rosalind's like, yeah, but a lot of people in our predicament have dreams like that. And she's like, no, it, it wasn't a dream. I, I felt the breeze. I felt the spray of the water. And she's like, you know, kind of vaguely gesturing to the, the wireless. She's like, you know, maybe he stumbled onto something, you know. He talks about the river that separates our world from the next. You know, there's, there's more to this existence than what we can see. And, you know, the, there's a power that we, we can't begin to understand. So 
I, you see Laura listening and thinking about it. You know, I, I don't know that she's necessarily being, you know, won over to like the, the one God philosophy or anything at all. Uh, like, um, you know, what Baltar's preaching or what Emily has thought, but you know, she's, she's thinking about it, but you know, she, she talks about the, the gods being, uh, yeah, Emily talks about you. Know, the, the gods that you worship are they are they any more real? Are they, they're you know they're capricious, they're vindictive, and this is where Laura says you know they're not meant to be taken literally. They're metaphor, and Emily says I don't need metaphors. I need answers. That's very good. And I love like, Laura's like you're like my mother. She wasn't satisfied with the metaphors either. She was convinced that Aphrodite herself was going to swoop her away when she died, and she mm-hmm. believed it. Sorry, I had to finish my tea. <laughs> it got cold. <laughs> um, and just and Laura has that moment. She she starts to break down thinking about her mother going through this same experience and going through the treatments and all the time like clinging to her faith and you know having been this strong like powerful woman, also an educator herself, like someone who, who you know commanded attention and respect. Uh, fading away from life, but clinging to these beliefs, and so you know when she died, there was there was no fields of Elysium, there was no no light, no, no like none of this stuff. It was just darkness. And I love Emily's response, like Laura, you were terrified, you saw only darkness. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can know what your mother experienced. You're still searching. And it's a good point. It's a it's a great. I love this character. It's a shame that she's only here to act as the like wise, uh, you know, person, like, ushering uh, Roslyn into the yeah. next stage of her life. I would love to see. I would love more backstory for old, uh, oh, boy. What's her name? Emily. Na- <laughs> Nana. She's just, <laughs> what, can we, Nana Visitor is, what a name. Nana, Nana Visitor. It's a great name. So good. For anyway. a great actor. <laughs> um, she's she's wonderful in this. I don't I don't know her from, from Star Trek, but she's, yeah. yeah, she really steals this one. But you know, she she starts to slip away, and Kato comes over to to give her some some morpha, and he's like, you know, at this point, all we can do is make her comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, Emily is has really just played the the part of being this like this comfort, this you know, advisor, this sounding board almost for for Rosalind to be able to to speak through her own concerns with with the process of dying. Um, and I think, I think I'm knowing Nana Visitor as an actor, uh, I think she would have made a fantastic contribution to the show as a whole, mm. but I think this little bit that she's in it is so powerful that, you know, it, it really, like, it, it really does a service to the, the entire show to, to have her there and to, to Rosalind's character. Um, but we tie that up with, uh, you know, Rosalind and Adama and, another one of their one of their sweetest moments and you know she comes knocking at a at his door at night and she's like i just i just need to talk and he's like can i can i get you some water and they sit down and they like you know she they start talking a little bit about um about baltar and he's like you know you really believe that that he calls it horse manure, which I love. <laughs> it's a very, very middle-aged man way to, to refer to this. And she's like, I don't know, something's happening and I don't understand it. And he's like, well, you both had the same dreams. Like, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think it means? 
and you know they he talks about how you know when Kara came came back from the dead and he let her go off chasing her vision of Earth and you know she's overdue now. Lee turned in his wings. Hilo, Athena, Gaeta, will will I ever see them again? He says those kids. He's thinking about his kids. Those kids. Oh, he calls them kids. It just Remember how just a few episodes ago he was talking about how he got too close to everybody and he was beaten mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, nice nice fucking try. <laughs> yeah. Papa Dama. He's a soft. He's got to uh, keep that that facade up for the crew. He's realized, mm-hmm. but like he is a very like he is touch. a soft touch. Yep. He can't not That's be. Right. Um, and she's like, "Look at me. I'm right here. We're you know we're gonna find it you know together." And he's like, "I used to think it was such a pipe dream talking about Earth." And he's like, "I use as a character of the fleet." She said, "What made you change?" Your, uh, and he said, "You. No. You made me believe." <sighs> Fade to black. Oh, so that is technically the end of the episode, but that's just one one storyline that happens, and that's that's why I wanted to to focus on that first because it is such a it's such a quiet bit of scenes, and you know there, there's there's no action in them that doesn't move the 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 plot forward any, but it just it lets us see more into the hearts of specifically these two characters that uh, we've been presented a, a more hardened version of outwardly recently. Um, there's also a brief moment where uh, Rosalind is talking to Tori and kind of preparing Tori for the idea of like having to, to take over more of the responsibility because either she's not going to be physically capable or she's not going to be there at all. And, you know, Tori is reluctantly you know, stepping up to that, but. Well, she even kind of has so. this moment of saying, like, I need you to, you know, keep an eye on everything that comes across this desk because I'm not really sure what I'm doing right now. And mm-hmm. she doesn't really finish the sentence. She just kind of trails off. But it's like, you know, she's basically admitting, like, I am not able to handle the day to day of this anymore. And I need you to help mm-hmm. me fill in those gaps. Yeah. Like, she's not ready to step down. Well, that would I make Tom large- Zarek president. Oh, yeah, that, oh, no, I think I largely know. because she she knows, like in her heart, she doesn't feel that anyone else can step up to the the leadership to guide them to where she thinks they need to be. So again, this is very much her needing to be in control of the situation, uh, and you know, I, I think that she's very much on the the right track with like her heart is in the right place. She wants to lead people to the place that she promised them that she would. Uh, and she doesn't think that, uh, someone else stepping into the presidency, specifically not Tom Zarek, mm-hmm. uh, would have that same focus, uh, of getting them you know, more likely to be like Baltar and settle for the, the first place that looks nice. Do we so. think there's somebody who could, because I don't necessarily think that, actually don't know how i feel about this among the politicians no just like in general if you had to let's say it was like uh, up to us we're the new triumvirate triumph tribunal triumvirate tribunal triumvirate's a triumvirate might be the the word you're looking for i just learned about the word triumvirate i I knew the word but i just learned uh context for it in watching a documentary about uh the the roman empire uh where in his rise to power uh, Julius Caesar allied himself with uh, Marcus Crassus and uh, Pompey something or other, uh, and they they formed a triumvirate of uh, power and influence. Oh, hmm. and that's where and that's us. That's <laughs> and 
that's us. Exactly. I know the listeners couldn't see you take that satisfied sip from your mason jar, but I'll bet they, they knew it. They anyway, felt it in their know? hearts. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if it were us and we had to pick and it didn't have to be limited to the government, is there anybody? Oh, wait, I have one, but I want to hear y'all's first. Caprica with Hilo as her vice. Oh, interesting choice. Hilo do I think it? Choice. Do I think it would work? No. no. Uh, <laughs> do I think they would be great at it? Yes. <laughs> do I want to see it happen? Sure. Yes, very much. They, man, um, I you know I think Hilo is actually a pretty good choice. Uh, Hilo was my first thought, first as a joke, but no, I think I think he'd be a good choice. He's very yeah. he's very diplomatic and very like trying to keep the peace. Uh, especially in this episode, which uh, mm-hmm. I would really like to get into if we could. As uh, as we we noted last week, uh, things on the Demetrius uh, were as, uh, as as Andrea uh, had hoped for were popping off. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, and in fact, we, I need to we, stop. We uh, <laughs> literally pop off. Get someone using the phrase "popping off" in this episode, <laughs> uh, which is great. But uh, we, you know, we're not quite there yet. Uh, we open at the um, the cliffhanger from last week's episode, where Hilo has just relieved uh, Kara of her command uh, of the Demetrius, and it just opens up with her saying, calling him a son of a bitch and saying, "I'll do it myself." and We'll do it live. Uh, she <laughs> she jumps for the uh, the 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 FTL key, I guess. Is yeah, what that is, and uh, it reminds me of like whenever you see like the nuclear keys. It's kind of like movies. that. That is. Uh, she jumps for that, and you know somebody restrains her, and uh, Hilo orders the guards in to to place uh, Kara under arrest, and um, you know she's yelling and. Uh, Sam is yelling and everybody's yelling and, you know, he's like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to jump back to the the fleet. We're going to take Leoban and his proposal to the Admiral. We'll let him sort it out. Like Hilo is trying his God's damnedest (laughs) here to, to do the right thing. He believes, uh, very much that he can, um, that he can support Kara, while also like keeping the peace amongst the already mutinous crew and to do what he, th- he thinks is the right thing. Like he, he just he wants, wants to follow. He, he wants everyone just to cool their heads for a second. Just everybody be cool yeah. for like a minute. We're all just <laughs> going to take a deep breath. We're going to take a time out, have some juice, and then we're going to talk about this, but just let's all be cool yeah. for like a second. <laughs> a yeah. second. Just for like one uh, yeah. second. Just be cool. He wants to, he wants to follow his commanding officer's orders and he wants to be supportive of Starbucks. But I, I think like deep in his heart, he agrees that like they've stretched themselves too thin and they're, they're taking a chance that it, they maybe shouldn't take with trusting the Cylons. Uh, Cause you know, that hasn't really worked out well uh, so far with the exception mm-hmm. of his wife. Uh, so far that's worked out quite mm-hmm. well. Uh, but we also learn at some point uh, during this whole exchange that, uh, not all is well there too. Like not everyone still fully trusts Athena, uh, as people reveal their, their true colors. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's determined to, to take it back and and let a higher authority make the the call. And Sam makes the point. He's like, you know, we're going to jump back to the fleet with all of you as mutineers. Hi, you want to think that through? Yeah. How's the admiral going (laughs) to sort that out? Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, you know what? That's up to him. Gata, reset the FTL drive and jump back to the fleet. And Gata is all too ready I to do that. Which is Gata, Gata's like response on is like, yes, thank Christ. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, it's about fucking time. Like he is beyond ready to to follow that order. Um, mm-hmm. He is he is done with this nonsense. Yeah, and uh, somebody yells, "We should airlock your Cylon ass!" Because I'm using the the bad, uh, well, the worse uh, transcript page. I don't remember exactly who. I think it might have been Celix. Probably. But there's also there's also one other random character that we really only meet this episode uh, that hasn't hasn't been here before. That's uh, Jean Barillet, uh, which I don't know about about y'all, but like whenever I see a new character in a situation like this, I fear for them. Mm-hmm. My oh, my first instinct they're either as well. about to die or they're a Cylon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're a one episode or both. character. <laughs> yeah. Now that hasn't always been true. There are characters that we get introduced later in, in the show, or just seemingly at random. Yeah, like Tori uh, came in pretty late, but then again, Cylon. So that kind of holds yeah, true exactly. there. <laughs> so, yes, just... um, but yeah, so she, you know, it, it could have been her. I can't remember if it was her or Celix, but you know, someone says, you know, we should airlock your Cylon ass and. And she's like, I'm not a Cylon. We got to stop abort the jump. I said abort the jump. Oh, frack. Um, but uh, as, just as Gate is about to, to make the jump, Sam pulls out his gun. And uh, he, he's, he tries to tell uh, Gata to, to stop, but Gata doesn't listen. And, uh, and then we have multiple greatest contacts. So we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. Uh, we will, of course, embed the rendezvous coordinates into the ad. So make sure you play the ad uh, backwards at three-quarter speed while standing on your head and squeezing a rubber chicken in order to hear the ad uh, coordinates correctly. <laughs> rubber chicken! And we will see you at the rendezvous point. So stay tuned. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now... Which one is the one with the whales? Four. So, uh, Sam shoots Hilo in the leg real bad. Hilo? I didn't shoot Hilo in the leg. Kill him. No, sorry. With my let's, bare let's hands. pretend I didn't say that. So, yeah. Sam shoots Gata in the leg real bad. To the point where it just like snaps his like leg bones like at the ankle, just like this is. I think this is a really hard scene to watch for me because like we've seen people get hurt and get shot on Battlestar Mm -hmm. Galactica before, but I feel like this is the most realistic we've seen someone react to being shot because he is just in pain for a long time. 
just yeah. screaming and and wincing and it's bad like it is and it's, yeah. it goes on for an uncomfortably gruesome. long time and i feel like this is yeah. like the the most realistic injury we've seen on this show it, it's mm-hmm. it's wild and of course like everyone is at this point ready to go off like there are guns drawn all around uh, the the mini mm-hmm. cic the bridge uh, of the demetrius and hilo just and... everyone stand down stand down everyone put your guns down like hilo is again i just we need to keep the peace here people everyone mm-hmm. be cool <laughs> <laughs> And uh, to her credit, Starbuck is the first one to to drop down to to try to you know give some some aid to to Gata some some, some, Gata. some Gata. Oh wait, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, they she calls for a med kit. She calls for a medic. Which did they bring a medic? Like, I was sure they brought a med kit. They brought a med kit. I don't think yeah, they brought but, a medic. Like, Somebody is yelling for a medic. Uh, I remember that part. And I'm like, who? 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 You, who's the medic? Is, is Doc Coddle going to come around the corner and be like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Just been smoking that in the corner. Be amazing. <laughs> Waiting for someone to get shot. Knew somebody that. was going to get up to some bullshit on this uh, flight. So, flight? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's the, the flight of the Demetrius. That's right. Um, the... <laughs> Uh, apparently they have a, a powder that, uh, it, it was stop the bleeding, which is pretty cool. Cause they just oh, it's dump not a just sh- salt. <laughs> they call it blood stopper. Uh, and they just I dump a shitload of it salt. right in the wound. <laughs> like, this is going to hurt. hurt. And they man, just, it does. They, <laughs> it looks fucking, like it hurts like salt. They empty Ugh. out the, the, the bottle basically. And he's like, Oh, you oh, fracking bitch. He's right. I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't like. Gaina especially, but anybody calling anybody a bitch, unless it's me and I say it's okay. But, like, that is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's doing what needs to be done, but I just felt like there's probably, you could have had a little more finesse. I with. I feel like it's just this, so is, much. this is, like, I feel like this is do or die, and I feel like Starbucks just, like, as as not a doctor is doing the best that she can to make sure that yeah, he mean, doesn't I'm lose sure his you're... leg, right? Uh, which yeah. is a concern, even, because uh, he even says, Gaty even says later on to, I think he's talking to, to Hilo? Um, yeah. And he says, like, don't let Doc Cottle take my leg. Um, which is... And, yeah, and, and he, he even says, like, you know, I know, like, like, don't bullshit me. Like, I know the longer we stay here, the more likely it is that I'm going to lose my leg. Um, so, to that point... I had always watched this scene and heard him say the line, don't let uh, Coddle take my leg and thought of it as like, you know, whatever happens, like save my leg or don't, you know, don't let him just, just amputate me. Like let right. like, do whatever we can. But, um, but this time, and, and we'll get into the, the, the time crunch and why that's important. Uh, but this time I, I watched it and I realized he's saying like, exactly as you just said, the longer we're out here, the more likely this is that I will lose my leg. Don't let him take my leg. As in, like, let's go back now. Oh, <laughs> I, I took it as kill me before. <laughs> I, I which, really see. I, I thought he meant I'd rather die than lose my leg, which I thought was fucked. I okay. See, I always took it as let anyone but Coddle do the fucking surgery because <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on where you put the emphasis. Don't let Coddle take my leg. 
Yeah, and that's how I took it. Is uh, he's like, please just and get a fucking intern. Don't let Coddle do it. Because um, <laughs> I even think he says like that. You know, he's too rough or he's too like that. You know, nearsighted son of a bitch or whatever. Like I, I feel like he even said something to the effect of like, I don't want him to do it. That was um, Athena's reaction when she got sick with the whatever yeah. that was killing the uh, the Sagittarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's like, anyone but Coddle, nearsighted son of a bitch. So he's not actually saying, let me die before my, you let him? I don't think so. Huh. That's not my reading. I think, my, uh, I, 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 I'm still pretty certain he's saying, like, do, don't let Coddle do it and let anyone else. But I also could see Caleb's point of, like, can we please jump back before he has to take well, my because leg? Because then Hilo says, you know, I'm going to stay until the last. Yeah. Minute. Yeah. He, which and I was, okay. Of... That does make, I was confused about that conversation because I was like, you can be just fine with one leg. Like you'll yeah. be like, relax. And then also for Hilo to be like, for, so if you're watching the show the way I did and Gata says, please let me die before you let him take my leg. And then he looks like, we're just going to ride this out. <laughs> I was like, that is kind of, what? but that the look sense. on Gator's face when he says that is like, fuck. Yeah. Cause like, I guess like, well, is not assuming he might die. So that makes I'm not keeping sense. this leg. Guess <laughs> better, better say my goodbyes to this leg. Um, <laughs> so we had a good life. Together. But it's my favorite leg. It's important to talk about why, why there's this time crunch. Um, and yeah. that is that Starbuck admits after this whole, you know, shenanigans goes down, um, it, you know, she admits to Hilo, like, no, you're right. I should not have ordered everyone to jump, like the Demetrius to jump to the base star. Because uh, the whole point is she wanted to go to the base star, like Leoben said, and everyone else wanted to go back to the fleet. And she's saying, like, I shouldn't have ordered everyone to jump the base star. It's too dangerous. Uh, and so they're like, oh, so Demetrius is going back to the fleet. And she's like, yes, minus a raptor. Um, mm-hmm. to which Hilo, of course, points out that you don't have enough fuel to get back to the fleet. And she's like, yeah, but the base star does. So apparently Starbucks plan is just to go take the base star, uh, <laughs> she's, well, uh, which is fucking wild. I, I think, I think Starbucks sees three paths. One, they show up. It's a trap. They die. Mm-hmm. Two, they show up. It's a trap, and they steal the base star. Which I think is what she's hoping Starbuck. for. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's hoping for a base star heist. Oh yeah. <laughs> could Grand you imagine base how star. cocky as fuck she would be jumping back into the fleet in a base star and be like, "Admiral, look what I brought you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is when we learn that Nicholas Cage is the twelfth Cylon, and they pull a gun in sixty seconds with the base star. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Very good. I bet that would have been so much uh, funnier if I had seen that movie. I, I've never seen it, but it's it's a car heist movie. No, I know. It was funny. I, mean, I just said it would have been funnier if I'd seen the gist. movie. I don't know that it would have. <laughs> As someone who's seen the movie and enjoyed it, I don't know that the joke would have been funny. Fair enough. Um, but uh, then, of course, the last option yeah, is or, that, that Leoben's being genuine, which it's yeah. fucking Leoben. So, um and in which case they just jump the base star back to the fleet and the base star is part of the fleet and, now, and we mind. hope the fleet doesn't shoot yeah, that's the other thing that's like her plan is to jump a base star into the fleet like and not get shot immediately that's a tough well, she did it with a raider which i know isn't quite the same thing i feel but like a raider is like... a little bit less of a threat like a raider you send the Certainly. vipers out to deal with a base star jumps in you launch your fucking nukes like but she's like she's like i'm just up in the 
up in the ante on this, you know? Yeah. It's nothing it's nothing I haven't done before. It's just on a bigger scale. <laughs> true, true. It's, it's very, very Starbucks. This is, it's, it's either way, it's a very... Incredibly Starbucks move. Oh, this is big-time Starbucks Only shit. Starbucks yeah. could jump a, a, a base star into the fleet and be like, wait, wait, don't shoot, it's me. <laughs> well, our mm-hmm, favorite mm-hmm. thing, or one of my favorite things anyway, is Starbucks doing dope Starbucks shit, and we really haven't gotten that lately because she's mm-hmm. been a little uh, shouty crackers. So it's been... It's nice to see her... Uh, <laughs> Getting her groove back, you know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so she, she mentions, like, that's the plan. Um, and he was like, you can't go alone. And Sam's like, she's not alone. I'm going with her. Which Starbuck kind of rolls her eyes a little bit. I was like, oh, God, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, this fucking guy. <laughs> she's, exactly you, ju- you just shot my friend. Like, dude. <laughs> um, Nobody likes Gata. Yeah, somebody no. likes Gata. Somebody likes Gata. Not Sam, apparently. Um, I like I like Gata. Why? When did we decide we like Gata? I mean, I've I've always liked Gata. I I like Gata in the the early seasons. I don't really care for him much once the new Caprica arc starts. Fair. He he. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then of course Starbuck says to Athena, like, I need you as well because I need someone who speaks their language. Like, you all speak English. What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, what she means, like, now you're to cat in the wall. Now you're talking my language. Then, That's what she means. And then of course Sam's there like, mm-hmm. Okay. No one knows me. So I'm a song. Funny. No one needs it's to know so I speak funny. the language too. I oh my god. Half the time, and then I'm like, oh yeah. I'm sorry, so you good. forget he's a Cylon? I forget that they forget. I forget that everybody else knows because I've known for so long it's habit. It's like, you know when you can't find your glasses because they're on your face? It's just like that. <laughs> okay. It's just like that. Um. So what you're saying is you forget Anders is a Cylon because he's on your face. Well, hold on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Wait a second. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they bring uh, Athena along because they, they got to. And of course, they they also bring Leoven because they gotta. Uh, and Leoven's got this they weird. They bring Gata because they gotta. Oh wait, no, they no, don't. no. I just wanted to Gata's, say Gata. I don't, I don't think they should move Gata. <laughs> he should stay right where he is. And they, they, they put Gata, him in. Baby. They put him in a bunk and uh, leave him, uh, and he doesn't debunk uh, <laughs> anytime in this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Leoben has this weird moment with with Athena where he's like, oh, you know, all the other eights talk about you. Like, you're, this will be like a, a big homecoming. And she's like, you're a creep. Doesn't say that, but her eyes do. <laughs> but it's, I mean. Um, but there's one other person that goes on on this mission, uh, and that's a friend, Barillet, who, again, first appearance, don't know who she is, don't know why she's there. But the, uh, um, you know why she's Starbucks there. Like, Starbucks like, I didn't ask for volunteers. She's like, yeah, you did. Back on Galactica. I'm like, mm, actually, that yeah. was the Admiral. Starbuck yeah, that's didn't a ask good for point. this at all. <laughs> I didn't get the impression that any of these people volunteered for this. Uh, yeah, I feel like they were kind of volunteered. Um, yeah, Beverly exactly, has been exactly. itching for the chance to say to, that. to go on this mission. And mm-hmm. she's like, finally, I can tell everyone why I'm here because I've volunteered, unlike the rest of you frackers. <laughs> um, Listen, we all know why <laughs> she, she's there. It's she does say I don't I don't give a frack what the rest of them think. You've been kicking ass since day one. So she's a big Starbucks fan. Yeah. I mean, aren't we all? Which like we yeah. all are, but I I mean I think I might be one of her biggest. 
She has not been. She was kicking ass kicking on ass. day one, but certainly not <laughs> since then. Like she's had some ups and downs. <laughs> she says, uh, "You say you can find Earth. I want to be there when you do." Uh, and of course, we we have to have our uh, countdown to disaster. Uh, so Hilo asks somebody, "You know, how long do they have before their their absolute like?" Uh, do or die moment of rendezvousing with the fleet, and like it's fifteen hours seven minutes. He's like, "All right, we'll set the clock for fifteen God, hours." We really do and like maybe maybe you don't put that much of a maybe like, maybe yeah. put it at even fifteen and give yourself a seven minute like yeah. margin of error there. <laughs> like, like if if you if you say you have fifteen hours seven minutes. Maybe you go with 14 hours as you're like, you know what? This is our cutoff point because if we wait to the actual cutoff point, we might actually miss the cutoff point because, mm-hmm. you know, rounding errors or someone sneezes while they're trying to hit the button and they miss. Like, some, like I'm there, then we're definitely going to be late. That's just how they, it's Well, go. I mean, if you're there, we're already late. So it's <laughs> <laughs> rude. It's only okay they, when I say it. <laughs> pass a particularly strong gravity anomaly and it burns extra fuel and they run out like, you know, 17 light years shy of the, the fleet or something. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how space travel works. You just never know. You, do, you don't is the thing. Yeah. Uh, and so they, 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 they cut it as close what as if, they can. What if they get in caught fact, in traffic? They, what if there's construction? Yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't know don't what's going to happen on, on the space train. The train crossing could, you know, it, you, you don't know. It's, the space train could could just take forever. You know, maybe there's been a backup on the the tracks, and the, the space freighters are, are are just finally catching up after like three days of just sitting around waiting. And you you just have to wait. You know, they have precedence on the tracks. That's how that's, right. mm-hmm. that's how space railroads yep. work. You people know this. Uh, it's the rule of the rails. Uh, Everyone knows that. Obviously. Well, not only do they almost not like they they they, they don't give themselves enough time, uh, or rather they they. Yeah, they, 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 they put the cutoff too close to the actual cutoff, but then it takes them at least another 20 minutes to get ready to leave. So now their 15 minutes is 14, or 15 hours is 14 hours, 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, it just, it feels like a lot of time, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's not, not. Not when you have to travel through space. And time. And, and time. And you have to uh, take over a base star. You know, oh, I mean, how long can that take? It's going to take more than 60 seconds, even with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> what if he were? Man. <laughs> I still love Leo, and just gets even creepier. He's like, the plan's about to be revealed. I'm like, oh, God damn it. You're, you're being, you're making, you made it weird, dude. That's what he does. <laughs> He's Leo, but he yep. makes it weird. That's his job. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they jump and they, they jump right into. A bunch of space debris, uh, which they, they, they see must be the, the ruins of the battle, and they realize that Leoben wasn't wasn't lying about the the Civil War, at least. Whatever else he may be lying about, uh, because the thing about Leoben. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is the, the moment where, as they're navigating through this debris field, I believe it's Sam who says, uh, we got fuel popping off all over the place. And I'm like, I told Andrea shit would be popping off. Yep. <laughs> it certainly was. Oh. And uh, yeah, they, they, it's, a little, it's a little touchy navigating through that, but they, they make it through and they see there's a, uh, there's a base star who's pretty heavily damaged to the point where some of its points are broken off. It's like, it's like a starfish when you break it off. Oh. Why would you break off a starfish? Because it's meat. 
Well, you don't I do just, it on purpose. You don't do it on purpose. But, like, I mean, starfish are, into, like, they can grow back. But I'm saying, like, I've seen, like, if you break it off, and like, it's just, it was just an example. God. No, please, hey, everyone, listeners, please don't break starfish's arms off. No. This is a public service announcement for me, your friend, Kitsy. Please do not harm starfish. <laughs> They're majestic creatures, oh. and they don't deserve it. But do Baystar's limbs, as at least the meat part, grow back? That sounds like I'm being stupid. Maybe I am, but I am also curious. I don't I know. Don't think so. There, there's a lot of meat in space here. There's in so the debris much field. Meat. There's so oh. much. Well, meat. also, Andrea, you you asked it, just the meat part. So there's just like a wiggly meat doodle coming out of the. Yeah. Well, that's why have to rebuild the armor plating around yeah. it. But, uh, no, that's not good. I don't like that. That's not good. <laughs> Caleb, I don't like the little. I don't think, I don't that's think, no good. I don't think you can expose the, the the meat part to the vacuum of space and have it survive. So, it's mm, a good point. I don't think you keep it fresh though. <laughs> you got to vacuum seal that meat. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> Is your mom there? Is she in bed? Tell her I said hello. No, she's not here. That's why I'm here. I'm dog sitting. Oh, she's ziplining again. No, she's just um, visiting her sister. Okay. But not ziplining. Can we talk about how creepy it is when Athena gets out of the raptor and she's suddenly just surrounded by Ten other fucking apes? Sharon. <laughs> why? Why are the other Sharons so fucking weird? They are like, like one none Sharon of the other is models fine. Are like that. One Sharon is fine, but you get a group of them together and they just get weird. They get so weird. They're like band kids, you know. You get like you have one in your class. It's fine, but what is a plural of Sharons called? I want to say gaggle, but I don't think that's right. No, it's a. It's is it a, an eight? An eight. <laughs> we have an eight of Sharon's. It's an eight of Sharon's. It's a. It's a murder of sixes for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a fatal of sixes. Yeah, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> love that. And a uh, a fib of Leobans. <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's very uh, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a squad of Sharons. <laughs> a squad okay. of Sharons. Okay, yeah, that, that works for me. So uh, Athena is immediately surrounded by a squad of her, her fellow Sharons, uh, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, hello!" And they're like, you, they call you Athena now. You even wear the uniform like you're one of them. Remind me, are they you naked in first. this one? Because sometimes they're naked, and that's even they're not okay. Because no, that's even weird. They're all clothed. They're all they're clothed all... though, as if they've been to like a really good sale at Sears. It's like a lot of sweater sets, and it's so odd. It's very. And odd. they're all wearing different clothes too. It's not yeah. like they they've got the the squad uniform on. <laughs> yeah, but we have our own identities them. now. We don't dress mm-hmm. alike. We don't let mom and dad dress us alike anymore. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, we may be octuplets, but we're. <laughs> octuplets. <laughs> That's very good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you were the first to say no. She's like no to what. Like the entire plan, you joined the humans. You had a child. She's like, I know my own history. <laughs> yeah, I was there. You tell me, it's so but, funny though. I hadn't made that connection because it's Boomer who defies the other eights, which leads to the the whole uprising, whatever split. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. really Athena is the first one. Although actually, it is but, eight. It's Boomer. Well, it's still Boomer. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because it's Boomer in the first place who goes against her, pro- who tries to go against her programming when she shoots 
Adama. And Leobin even says she's a weak, or is it six? One of them says she's a weak model, but in the end she'll... Oh, is that foreshadowing? <laughs> Do I have goosebumps? Fuck. <laughs> ah, ah. She's a yeah, weak so model, but in the end, she'll carry out her mission. Anyway, yep. sorry, Pacey. Anyway, she's, ooh, I, do. I, th- I think that was a, a six line, if I remember. Mm-hmm. But um, it's they, Boomer is is one of the first ones to like help the the Cylons like kind of question the plan mm-hmm. as a whole. But I feel like because she. Like we, we get we get a disjointed story uh, of her uh, death and resurrection, and the meanwhile the life of Athena on um, on Caprica. Uh, that that storyline is happening before Boomer's death. So if we extrapolate that, you know, she falls in love and decides mm. to uh, break with the the plan and stick by Hilo's side the whole time. Uh, yeah. we can, we can assume that that happens before the, um, yeah. Uh, attempted murder of Adama before Boomer's death and then subsequent resurrection. And then they start the, like the mini revolution and blah, blah, blah. Um, so but yeah, it's I think that that seed is there all along. That's, yeah. that's what a good show. Yeah. Ah. And like, it, it's, it's really fascinating how similar and how different the two like individual Sharons that we made are Boomer mm-hmm. and Athena. Like they're they seem so different at first, but then they have such a, a divergent course. But it still represents you know, questioning and breaking from their 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 mold, so to speak. And the the other ones say like, you know, you you showed us we didn't have to be slaves to our program programming. And, you know, we wanted the same thing, but it turned out to be a disaster. And, you know, the sixes, they're just, they're fucking everything up and we hate it. And you gotta, you gotta help us stop. They're, they're going to get us all killed. And she's like, no, pick a side and stick with it. Which you I don't really... just, you don't just uh, cut. She literally says, you don't cut and run when things get ugly. Otherwise you'll never have anything. Ugh. And this, that's, that is what makes, Athena, who she is, mm-hmm. because she 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 was conflicted, just like just like Boomer, and you know Boomer eventually chose her side and stuck with it. Athena chose her side and stuck with it, uh, and things haven't been easy for either of them. Uh, in fact, as they're getting ready for this mission, I mentioned that you know some folks reveal their their true selves. It is Celix that says uh, when when they ask uh, Athena to go, she's like, "Good, take that Cylon with you" or something like that. Like <laughs> she like really just speaks nasty about her, uh, which shows that you know, even after all of this time, they still don't fully trust her and accept her as, as one of them as human. Yeah, uh, but she, she, she's still there. And, you know, I, I love that about her character. Mm-hmm. Like in this, where you know, she, she said it before, like every day I have to fight this, but here I am. I really do love her. I, mm-hmm. Like and Athena more than Boomer even, and I've I have liked Boomer from the start. I mean, she's she's become more complicated, obviously, but but I really do love Athena. I think. And so uh, next, Barley, uh, she she takes care of everything, and then they all jump away happily, and everything's fine. Oh wait, no. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Barrelay comes uh, comes out of the the ship, and around the corner comes one of the sixes, uh, who she recognizes uh, the 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 six recognizes her, I should say, uh, as the person from the resistance on New Caprica 
who killed that particular six, uh, seemingly in a, uh, a pretty rough way. Not even a it yeah, is, like not yeah. not even as a like you personally have hurt and, and wounded my friends, and I'm I'm taking you know, I'm taking retribution for them. Just you're a Cylon, you're there now. You're in the water drowning. Goodbye. Uh, very uh, very very callous. Which we know from you know, the the what we've seen of the, the resistance that they, they were very much a, like, Oh, I'm sure she's not exaggerating. What, yeah. Whatever not. it takes. They, they, they weren't really like considering the feelings of their, uh, their opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that six fucking kills her right well, there on the spot, right on yep. the, the, the hangar deck. Do you think she was trying to kill her or was she just trying to, because doesn't she like just, push her down pretty forcibly or does she, did I miss? See, like, I, I, I don't remember exactly how it works, but I think she kind of like backhand, like smacks her really yeah. hard and like sends her reeling and like she smacks her head really hard against the ship and then like lands face first on the, on the deck. But there's but this great moment. Very strong. I, I say great in, in the way it's acted, not great in what actually happens, but there's this great moment where Barley's face hits the, the raptor really hard, and she's like, oh, well then. Yeah. And just falls over dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's kind of, wow. It's, it's kind of like what happened with, um, what's the, what's the dude's name that, uh, that Hilo and Tyrrell killed? Right, yeah. Uh, the Pegasus the guy? Fucking... Fisk? Was it Fisk? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I forget it. Yeah. Was that Fisk? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like that. They didn't mean to kill him, but it happened. Wait, is Fisk? I, it's not Fisk. We Fisk is complicated. It's the oh yeah yeah the yeah yeah. Fisk inter- is the one that gets shot by the mob boss. Oh right yeah. right right. It's yeah. the one who they like. They're. I mean, I think they would have killed him either way, but he they accidentally smash his head against like a, a bolt. Yeah, a, like a, a yeah. fucking bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So I don't think that six because six is a lot of things and we know that she can be angry and violent, but I don't, she doesn't strike me as bloodthirsty. I think she was really hurt and angry and, and responded like reasonably. I don't blame her for what happened. And I think if she had killed her purposefully, I don't think I would have blamed her either, but I just didn't, I got the impression that it was like, whoops, well, I was angry and this is what happened. It might not have been intentional to kill her, but she also doesn't feel bad. About yeah, it. exactly. She, she, yeah. And you know, Sam immediately like throws her to the ground and puts a gun to her head. And Sam, no more uh, guns for you. Yeah, yeah. Sam has got to chill. Uh, but for in real. comes, uh, in comes our old friend Natalie, uh, who's like, what, 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 what's happening here? You know, like, mm. and the the uh, the six who, who killed Barley was like you know she she killed me on New Caprica and mm. Natalie's like this, she's the one so like there's obviously this either like orally or like downloaded memory of this mm-hmm. this experience so like she knows exactly what happened and there there's this whole back and forth and like you know we it's done we don't need to 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 do it and do anything about this and Sam's like you just gonna let him walk free. And the the Cylons are like, you know, we've got their Raptor, we've got their NAM data, like, we don't need them. And, like, there's this whole back and forth thing. Uh, and finally, Natalie was like, no, we're, we're, we're going to put a stop to this. And the other six is like, well, I'm glad it's you. <sighs> and Natalie reaches up to Sam's hand like she's going to pull the gun away, but instead she pulls the trigger. 
And he, who was ready to pull it himself, was like, whoa, what are you doing? I wanted to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It is, man, that is a rough. I know we do this every time. And I just, Trisha motherfucking helfer is so goddamn good. And her acting on both sides of this. And it is. Yes. Oh, it's so hard to watch. And it is so heartbreaking. And especially because. So you can almost forget that it's the same person mm-hmm. playing these two different characters. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's the thing is like so many times I have to remind myself that it's the same person and the same character mm-hmm. because it is such a dynamic character and the different, you know, uh, versions of it have such different personalities that like mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like they're completely different characters. Yeah. Which is really it's, cool. It's really cool. She's incredible. Um, I mean, they're all. This is an incredible cast, but obviously, man, is but she's something else. She's she's so dynamic, and I, like I don't get that from the other silence. Like every Leoben is a fucking Leoben, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but but the sixes are very unique individuals of their own, which I think is a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's the the. It seems like it's by design. Hold up. Like, all of the other models are are consistent, and, like, the, the, you really can't tell one from the other. Uh, it, with the exception of the, of the eights, we have a couple who are who are named who are, like, major players, and they have a specific personality, but the rest are all very kind of cookie-cutter. The, the sixes are the only ones that are her, like, each, like... There's at least several unique versions yeah. of her. They're much more complex than the others. Yeah. Yes. Now, hold up a second. Am I making this up, or did those two sixes kiss before the one killed the other one? Oh, wait. Yes, that did that did happen. That did happen. That's, I can't believe we almost. That's we almost it was, weird, right? That's it was weird. a very like. Isn't that like uh, the Godfather? Doesn't doesn't he give Fredo like a kiss on the the forehead or something like that before he kills? I don't. Yeah. I've never okay, seen it. It's only weird because they're technically heresy, but kind of related, sort of. That's what well, they makes they, it weird they do you. they do refer to each other as sister, don't they? At one point, yeah. but it's and like then, sister, like nuns, like two oh, nuns okay. could kiss, and it would be weird. <laughs> yes, it would. It would be very weird. Um, and people pay good money to see it. Uh, yeah, that's right. The, We're not here for nun shaming. Yeah, no, it's, I'm not shaming nuns. You do what you want, sister. Just saying, it would be it's, that'd be a weird thing for nuns to do. Um, I mean, if they want to do it, I'm not going to stop them. But um, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. But like, exactly. But it, it is like, it is kind of weird that they kiss, right? Don't like, ruin this for it's, me. No, it's but it's Kinsey, a, don't ruin this. It's for a me. weird thing, though, right? Like that. I'm not. Am I? I'm not off base here. It's a I weird think, thing. Well, I think. I mean, like, on the one hand, sure, because again, there it is. There is something sort of familial about them, and familiar because they look so much alike. But there's but not also too familiar. Familiar, correct, but not too. Oh no, we can't do that anymore. Oh yeah, right. That's a, that's that song's canceled. That's Cut that bean, Dad. Um, um, so okay, here's but, uh, here's a question for everybody. If you were a Cylon and there was another exact copy yes. of you, would you kiss? Correct. Okay, you would. Yes, Caleb. And anybody who says otherwise is lying. I just this isn't the question. Isn't are you attracted to yourself? The question is, if presented with the opportunity, would you do something fucking wacky like that? And the answer is yes. In a moment like this, I can't see choosing to kiss myself on the mouth, but I can see very much a like a kiss on the forehead or on the cheek or whatnot, or as a like. <laughs> Caleb's into it. He just doesn't want to make it weird. Okay. But no, I I I'm, I am genuinely like I mean. 
know. I'm thinking about it. But no, I, 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 I appreciate that. Th- I, I, I see a, a middle ground to uh, to you and Kitsy. Like I don't necessarily think that it's weird that that she kisses her. I think it's it, it was unexpected to see her, the, it be like a kiss on the lips uh, for that kind of familiar like family like trusted like confidant whatnot sort of send off. This like you know I love you. It's, if it's got to happen, it's going to be me. And like, I accept you that like, if it's got to happen, it's going to be you. Thank you. And you know, they, they, they part with a, a, you know, a kiss and it's almost, almost if we're, if we're going to tie it uh, further into the, the religious aspect, it's almost like the kiss of betrayal, uh, mm. which mm. I, I, I don't recall because it's been long enough since I've actually read that passage, but I don't remember if that was on the cheek or on the lips um, but either way, but either way, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing. It's, it's both a, like a, a goodbye, a betrayal, an acknowledgement of the, the betrayal of the one who is going to be killed. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's, it's many layered. So yeah. I don't think either of you are, are wrong in, in the way that you read this scenario. Um, and the way I wrote it. Is also well. So, so okay, but the way but, you wrote it is much longer. My, exactly. So my, yep. my answer to the question that I asked and didn't get to answer yet uh-huh. is: I don't think I would uh, kiss myself. I think I would go for the um, the the forehead touch that Sean and Ed do at the end of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's what I would go for. The forehead touch is a really heartbreak, just in general. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. To pull back a little bit, because I've there's been a lot of weird, and I'm I'm using the word weird just based on our own reactions to it, interactions between the Cylons lately that we hadn't mm-hmm. seen leading up to it. So, like, um, there's this stuff which I hate with, um, why is he the one? I can't remember his name ever, but he's especially Cavill and um, Sharon, yeah. oh, which weird. is bad for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There was another one between that and this one because I was like, oh, it's just like that all the time here and they're trying to like there was the thruple with deanna and uh caprica yeah there you go and i think see that one's not weird to me that one's fine well that okay but that one's not weird to you because there's certain like quote-unquote taboos that for some people are more taboo than they are for others and there are a couple that we just don't obviously incest is one that we we don't have like there's You'd be hard-pressed to find too many people who are going to disagree with you on that one, right? Mm -hmm. And six and six feel incestuous because they are clones and, in a way, twins. The age one, obviously, you are going to be hard-pressed, though less so, upsettingly, to find people who are going to pop on, you know, uh, a conversation about – jump into a conversation about this and defend it. Um, Polyamory, obviously, or whatever poly, whatever you want to call that, is obviously, like, more – um, less like taboo now than it was even in 2004. Okay, that's, so that's think, fair. That's fair. I think maybe what the show is doing is trying to unsettle our ideas of like we're projecting onto these people our human ideas of what relationships and and relating and being with looks yes. like. Um, and it's just yes. that like some of these are are hitting our radar, our dratus a little more than others because we're 15 years in the future. We're all like we we don't know at all what taboos the Cylons have mm-hmm. around uh, relationships or sex. Or, yeah, Maybe they've evolved any. beyond taboos. 
We know that that they have attempted to reproduce with one another. Mm-hmm. We we know that. Uh, we don't know to like you know maybe the real reason wasn't love. Maybe it's because they didn't figure out heteronormative relationships. It just hasn't occurred to them. <laughs> Could be. That the, that's Could I mean, be. It's also, also like what's tell, the... tell me you can look at any of the 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 uh, of the the seven any of the, the male Cylons that we've been presented with and think. Other than uh, uh, Simon, who uh, is repulsive for for different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, tell me you can look at them and think like, yeah, that's the one. I mean, Rick Worthy's a gorgeous man, but like Simon like, is a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and we're not counting Anders the Cylon because no, just just the seven known. The, the, so who? The... So we've got Cavill, Leoben, oh god, Doral. Desert Island, Doral, Doral. And, and Simon. Simon. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Get Simon out of here. Doral, Leo, and Cavill. Fuck, Mary, kill. Who is it? You gotta do it. Kill Cavill. Oh, my God. Kill Cavill. Kill Cavill. Cavill. Obviously. Um, Obviously. Um, Leo is a freak, so you... I mean, that... Oh, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. And you marry the yeah. milk toast one because he'll, he's not going to. He, he's not going to mess with your head like the other one will. Yeah, no. obvi- that's the, it's a very obvious one. I'm think sorry, about that it. was much easier yeah. than I was expecting. Hey, he's Same. just going to yell at you when he wants you to sign things. Yeah, it's fine. I'll sign anything. I don't give a shit. Sign it. Sign sure. his credit application. Sign it. <laughs> Why are you still yelling at me? I signed it 10 minutes ago. I want to lease this car. Sign it. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't care. But all of that to say, uh, Natalie recognizes the need for maintaining the, the, the very tenuous piece that they have in this moment. Uh, there's a, you know, kind of an internal discussion that, that we hinted at earlier where they were like, you know, we could just take your, your ship and your, your jump drives. You know, jump you know, drive. we, we, we've learned at this point that the base stars FTL is, is damaged. They can't jump on their own. But they, they have a plan in place to uh, wire the Raptors FTL drives to the base star and you know, use their nav computer and jump that way, uh, which feels like it wouldn't work. But you know what? It's it's a space show, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, so we have this established that like this is the way that they're going to uh, survive. And there's even the point brought up, you know, we could sit around here and wait for Cavill's forces to come back and finish us off. Or we can like we can try to trust one another and all get out of this alive together and then figure it out after. Uh, and so she's like in, in that moment trying to to hold on to that. Uh, and so she she kills the other six and she turns to them. And she's like, "Okay, was that enough human justice Ugh. for you? Blood for blood, are you satisfied?" And and that uh, six that model or not that model. I always get the terminology here wrong, but that six ain't coming back. That like mm. copy or whatever. Yeah, because right? no no resurrection ship. They even say that. Like you understand that, right? Yep. No resurrection ship. That's death. You know what I just did. Yeah. Like what this means. Can we can we move on? And we do. Uh, and wow, jeez, Caleb. So, yeah, we can move on. You didn't need. To- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are we are we are way over time. We got to finish this episode. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the plan is, um, they're going to, they're going to wire the, the Raptor up to the, to the base star. They're going to use it to, to jump back to, 
apparently, instead of jumping back to the fleet, the are they going to jump back to the Demetrius? I don't know. It seems inefficient to do it that way. Uh, but also, like, and why else is the Demetrius waiting? Unless it's if the the Raptor comes back. I don't know. It's it's very confusing. But anyway, they're going to jump somewhere. But uh, in order to do that, they need to take the hybrid offline uh, to to make sure that they can create the the interface with the the Raptor. But before they take the hybrid offline, Kara's like, I need to talk to her. She, you know, she's told me uh, you know, that she needs to see me and then I'll learn about my destiny. Oh boy. And the hybrid talks a lot of gibberish, which is great. Um, I kind of wish we had time to just read through the, like the entirety of it. Um, but there, there's some, some little things that I love. We, we talked about it. it feels like nonsense, but then every now and then you hear her actually say something like relevant about the ship, uh, or I love, you know, she says FTL sync fault uncorrected. Uh, no ceremonies are necessary. <laughs> like so she's recognizing like, Hey, the FTL is broken. Uh, there's a point where, you know, she talks about you know, the, uh, the ship integrity being compromised multiple times and that that's being repaired. Um, but, she eventually does uh, reach a, an end of line, and um, so there's nothing. It's just gibberish. And so they decide to go ahead and pull the cable anyway, and she screams. That scream. It's, ah! It is disturbing. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, Kara tries to, to to calm her down. She's like, "You you needed to, to you needed to talk to me. Like, what did what did you have to to tell me? Like, help me. Like, you you've you've got to you've got to tell me." And the um, the um, the hybrid stops screaming and looks at Kara and says, "Thus it will come to pass. The dying leader will know the truth of the Opera House. The missing three will give you the five who have come from the home of the thirteenth. You are the harbinger of death, Kareth Race. You will lead them to their end. End of line. Spooky. And the hybrid just goes quiet. There's a I mean, they, lot to unpack there. <laughs> They've so unplugged much. her. Um, uh, we haven't even touched on the fact that uh, one of the, the Sharons started freaking out, and uh, one of the, uh, the, the Centurions shot her, so she's bleeding out into the goo, and they shot the Centurion like... This episode is messy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people get shot. So as, as Kara is there leaning over the, the hybrid and the hybrid goes dark and they're thinking, they're like, what, what can this mean? Well, you know, with the, the dying leader will know the truth of the opera house. We, we assume that that's referencing uh, Laura and we know that she's had the dreams of the opera house. And even fairly recently, there was the, the moment where Laura and, uh, Six and Athena all had the same dream about the Opera House, so that's still relevant. Uh, the missing three will give you the five who have come from the home of the 13th. Well, the missing three, they they figure out, is probably the boxed Deanna line who saw the faces of the five, uh, and I, they have this conversation, like, the five, that's the final five Cylons, but the home of the 13th, that's the 13th tribe of humans, so if they've, if the final five have seen Earth, then they can, they can lead us, so, like, We've got to wake up the Deanna line so that we can find out who they are. And you see Sam's face like, oh, oh shit. No. <laughs> yep. uh, alternate proposal. Can we just not do that? Maybe what if we <laughs> don't. Because I don't know what if? Earth is. Uh... <laughs> I, I half expected him, even knowing that he wasn't going to, I half expected him to be like, yo, we don't actually know. I mean, <laughs> uh, they probably, oop. what if they don't know? <laughs> 
Oh Listen, we, there's, we only found four of us, but we don't know where it is. But so I mean, hopefully that fifth one does, because I, I got nothing. And if not, the sixth one must, because there's 13 to go the with The missing that three will give you the five who have come from the home of the 13th. It's very good. But we, yeah, so we bounced off of who have come from the home of the 13th. Like, we didn't. Well, we haven't talked about any of this because this is our first time recording, but even at the end of the episode, like that didn't, that part didn't land on me as hard as it should have at the time because that's mm-hmm. the first we've heard that the five, theoretically anyway, have been to Earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, like, how fucking wild is that? That's like, crazy. They, they've all been searching for this place and they know that, you know, the 13th tribe of humans went there and we know that one of the, the, mile markers along the route was the temple of five mm-hmm. so like putting it together like the the five like have been to earth and like have tried to help uh point people the way like what do they know of, of the 13th tribe what does the 13th tribe know of the the final five like this it's i love how intense this is yeah. getting it's um, one thing we missed very very small quick thing but i think it's going to be important is uh, Kara realizes when she sees the the, the busted up base star uh, that it's the comet in her vision. Yeah. Yes. And so, and we see it. the painting that she made on the Demetrius. Oh, and, so good. Yeah. And sure so, enough. I think it it for her at least it solidifies that like yes, I am doing the right thing. This is going to lead us to Earth. Uh, well, and we also see behind the busted up base star, which is posing as the comet from her vision, is the gas giant that she saw in her vision, mm-hmm. which looks suspiciously like Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very cool. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, you are the harbinger of death, Kareth Race. Uh, am I... Uh, Am I remembering correctly? Leoben has said that to her, right? I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah, and then, he did to me, but I and didn't then know. The, um, I think the the hybrid has also said that at least once. I mean, she's been called the harbinger of death a couple times. Yeah, but I think that's right. You will lead them. You will lead them to their end. Does end mean that like right? Because I can death, mean a lot of or things. does end mean that like their destination? The harbinger, like the the hybrid, doesn't speak plainly. Right, it's right. very much speaking in 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 riddles and in scripture. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's it's speaking very poetically. Man, you are this the harbinger is... of death, Carathrace. You will lead them to their end. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. What a Meanwhile, fucking show. The Demetrius is waiting. The clocks run out. The board's green. They're ready to jump. And then they have Adratus contact. It's a base star, <laughs> but it's giving colonial signatures. And it's Athena saying, we're here. Oh, it's so good. The base ship is ours. Oh, the base ship is ours. It's so good. All your base ship are belong to us. Mission accomplished. That's right. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Then let's go home. <sighs> hey, let's go home. Let's go rendezvous with home. the fleet. What do you say? So, yeah, Sounds we need to go... Uh, yeah, the board is green. We need to to make our rendezvous with the fleet and uh, hope that uh, the base star doesn't get shot down the moment it it jumps in. Uh, pretty sure the admiral's not going to be too thrilled about this, but uh, <laughs> see, we'll find out next week, and so will you. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. End of line. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. 
Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.